1: Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Valentini here hosting, believe it or not, what is just the third edition of Dugout Metrics. Yes, it's been since mid-January. We're now in a two-month interval. And yes, I have already scolded my main guests and co-hosts here. Trevor Lyons, currently in Kentucky. He's making his way throughout all 50 states, it seems Uh, as we are doing these Dugout Metrics podcasts, and Luke Smales, who I believe uh, is uh, actively playing ball and had a game just yesterday. Maybe we'll hear about that in a little bit, but welcome, guys. We are going to start off in the first half of this podcast, at least, to talk about our prospect list and prospects. Both of you guys assembled lists for me to help put together what the Southside Sox top 100 prospects is. I know a lot of people snicker at the notion of that, but hey, all these guys deserve some shine. We can only get to hundred of them. And right now on, on the site, we're right about halfway through. We're just about at 50 and the guys we're going to be talking about here today are almost universally going to be guys. We're still going to be profiling in these couple weeks to come. So thanks for hopping on uh, everything. All right with both of you guys. Yeah. Things are yeah. good. Good to watch some baseball
0: again. Yeah. Oh, and, for sure.
1: And Luke, play a little. How's left field uh, treating yeah. you so far? It's
0: pretty good, yeah. Uh, we're off to a, a 2 and one start, and uh, we've got some more games this weekend. So we're, uh, so we're you good. guys
1: have won more than our beloved Chicago <laughs> White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> we played fewer games. What's going on? And you yeah. probably <laughs> have the excuse of like yeah. a couple snow outs or something. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Sox. Okay, listen, he doesn't want to do it, but Luke Smales has just thrown down the gauntlet. Start winning some games. Come on, we're getting into this. But as we're still early in spring training, we're going to take a little time out in dugout metrics here to talk prospects. And the way we're designing it here, we're going to go through maybe about uh, five, 10 guys. And uh, in, in all of these cases, both uh, Luke and Trevor had, of course, these prospects on their top list, but there might've been a bigger discrepancy uh, between their rankings. So uh, in, in the effort of, or in the interest of some sort of point counterpoint, Uh, We're going to start off with Trevor and I just want to, I'm going to have these guys just sort of alternate and and throw out names and we'll just have a little quick discussion about uh, each guy and and how they ranked on their list. So, all right, Trevor, you drew the the long stick. So uh, who's your first guy?
2: Yeah, let's go. Um, So my first guy that was a pretty big discrepancy, might've been one of the bigger ones that we had was Jake Berger. Um, I had him at 18 and it looks like Luke had him at 32 in the prospect rankings. And obviously that would be a guy that you might expect to see some uncertainty around just because of the fact that we haven't really seen him for two, three years. Last we really got a look at him. He was playing in a collegiate summer ball league Mm -hmm. um, and not even one of the better ones at that. So um, he coming into spring training, looks like maybe half of the Jake Berger that we remembered. Um, He definitely has trimmed down. um, And one of the big things, even prior to his injuries, people were concerned about him sticking at third base. And after tearing his Achilles two different times in the lengthy rehab process, people were wondering if he was even going to be making it back onto a baseball field, let alone sticking at third base. So that wasn't a good sign for him, but with the way that he's moving around in the limited video that we've been able to see, it looks really promising. It looks even more promising than prior to his injury because he's so, so mobile and so agile. Um, So that is kind of one of the things that encouraged me is the fact that he may actually be able to stick at third base. And then um, his hit tool was always kind of his carrying tool. He put up insane numbers at Missouri state and college Um, and he was ranked coming into the season that he got injured as the number 10 prospect in the White Sox organization. So with all the injury setbacks, obviously it's going to take some time, um, bump him down the rankings a little bit. Obviously he's gotten two, three years older at this point, which is never, uh, helpful, but I think 18 is where I had him and we'll see what happens. Uh, he's a guy that you want to root for.
1: Forgive me, Jake, uh, but the name is, it's, it's built for this. He has sort of gone from Whopper down to Slider, and he looks great. Uh, his yeah. early returns in spring training, some games have been great. But, uh, Luke, for you, I'm guessing probably some of your lower ranking had to do just simply that injury history and the fact that it's just unknown, and he has sort of lost those couple of years.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. He hasn't played a minor league game. I'm just looking now since twenty seventeen. So it's been three years, which is insane. You feel bad for the guy, but I think it's just such a long time to take off from playing, you know, affiliated professional ball. And like Trevor kind of said, there were concerns about him sticking at, at third base. I think you know him cutting down some weight is gonna is gonna help that. But I think with him He's probably going to have to play, a I would think, a year or maybe two years of minor league ball at least before we talk about seeing him in Chicago. And he's turning 25 next month. Um, So now maybe we're talking about a 26- or 27-year-old rookie, which isn't out of the question, but I just think he has limited upside at this point. And I think while some of the guys I have ahead of him maybe um, have less of a percent chance to make it to the big leagues, I just don't think that Berger – will ever be, like, the impact starting third baseman maybe that we thought when we draft him. Um, but he was – I mean, he looked good back three years ago um, when he played. He put up some decent numbers, but, again, that was in low A ball. So it's just – he's just a kind of an enigma right now that um, anything you would get from him, I guess, at the professional level will be a plus.
1: And let's hope that him being thrown at the deep end, getting uh, the call to the major league spring training, which certainly was by no means a, a given, although I guess on the 40 man, I guess more or less it is. Uh, hopefully it's just a bonus for him. And he's not putting any sort of extra pressure on himself and doing that, whether he does well uh, or not. Um, okay. For what it's worth, not that anybody cares what I think, but so far I believe I'm team Trevor. So Luke, uh, you're up now. Who are we talking about next?
0: Um.
1: I think a very, very interesting prospect
0: is DJ Gladden. Pretty high. I think I noticed, um, I don't know how high Trevor had him, but I have him at 15. And I think that's higher than most lists that I've seen. But um, I, this might be, might be a little biased here, but I had, uh, um, I had an opportunity to see him over the winter hit in person. Um, he, Was uh, hitting with one of the White Sox minor league uh, hitting coaches, and um, the bat company I worked for, Homewood Bat. uh, He was swinging um, our bats, and he was um, toying with the idea of of going to a heavier bat. Is is what uh, his hitting coach was was trying to get him to do. And he's only he's only a 19 year old kid. Um, I saw him hit some pitches off batting practice. He he hit about 112 miles an hour and was consistently hitting balls over 105 off about 60 mile an hour uh, batting practice. And the um, hitting coach, Devin DeYoung, he's one of their minor league hitting coaches, turned around and said, I've been around Robert. I've been around Jimenez. You know, I've been around Jose Abreu. Um, This 19 year old is is absolutely crushing baseballs. And this guy, um, I think he called him a unicorn what he was able to do at 19 years old. Now, the thing with him is that he has to cut down his, his swing strike rate, has to cut down his strikeouts. Um, but I think we'll see the Sox challenge him a little bit. He might go to Cannapolis um, this year as maybe just a 19- or 20-year-old. And I think his upside as being like an impact offensive player, whether that be at third base or maybe corner outfield, first base, I think he could be um, an absolute stud uh, as a steal and as one of their later-round draft picks.
1: I like this. I'm a bandwagon fan here because I've just switched over now to, to Team Luke. Uh, and I also like what Luke's doing here because he's like, I sort of touched this guy a little bit. I let him back and I'm just riding with yeah. him. All right. So, okay, counterpoint yeah. for Trevor. I'm guessing he might have to do with a little bit of that uh, that K rate. But what are you seeing in him that maybe had you uh, putting him down a little bit lower on your on your list?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm Team Luke now too. Dang, I, <laughs> I don't have that kind of insight into DJ, um, but – that personal experience is pretty cool. And I'm sure (laughs) most of the people who are ranking him don't have him as high as Luke because of that. Uh, I know I didn't, Uh, I had him at 29. Uh, Like I said, I don't have necessarily the insight that Luke does, but uh, hopefully he takes off this year. um, And if he is challenged uh, steps up to that challenge because those numbers are definitely eye popping. Um, I think a lot of the discrepancy, In general, just looking at some of the guys that uh, Luke had a little bit higher than me, uh, they're they're typically younger guys with some concerns about swing and miss and concerns about approach. Um, So, obviously, in the minor leagues, that's something that can be worked through. But I like, you know, guys that are going to put the ball in play. I mean, strikeout, swinging strike rate is kind of going – away a little bit and it's not necessarily as important. So it's not the end all be all, but a lot of the guys have very low walk rates, even in the minor leagues where walks are a lot more common. Um, So if he can, if he can figure out an approach and uh, develop that, it sounds like the sky's the limit.
1: Uh, Okay. Uh, Persuasive Luke, persuasive, but okay, Trevor uh, hit him with hit him with uh, your next guy.
2: (laughs) All right. Let's see who we got. Um, Jimmy Lambert. Let me see exactly where we had each each other for Jimmy, but uh, I had him at 12. Luke had him at 22. He's 27 years old. Another one of these older prospects that we talked about a little bit with Jake Berger um, versus DJ Gladney type thing. Um, a lot closer to the big leagues and had a, had a cup of coffee in the big leagues. Um, 27 is obviously pretty old for someone that just is getting their first look in the big leagues, but he has dealt with some injuries and the way that starting pitchers are throwing at a high level deep into their thirties these days, uh, I don't think that's necessarily an absolute killer. Um, He was getting a lot of love from Dallas Keuchel. Uh, That was someone that Keuchel singled out as someone he was really impressed with. And I was really impressed with him in spring training of last year and was excited to see kind of what he was going to do before his injury history. Um, So as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's a guy that compares pretty favorably to uh, Jonathan Stever. Uh, I think they have relatively similar player profiles and everyone has Stever up in the top 10 for the most part of the the White Sox prospect rankings. And I think Lambert, maybe a step below that, his stuff, maybe a tick below that, but he has a lot more experience in the minor leagues and sustained success there. So I could see him being a guy that can be a, a swing man or a back-end starter for a contending team.
1: Okay, Trevor's called us out. He says, listen, if you're going to put Steve high, you got to piggyback Lambert. Uh, I opted maybe not quite to do that. Luke didn't either. And I'm guessing perhaps, once again, this is becoming a theme with uh, Berger, maybe not Lambert, uh, that maybe injury uh, concern is what uh, bumped uh, Lambert down a little bit for you, Luke?
0: Yeah, I know he already had, um, he had Tommy John surgery in 2019 and then he was shut down after he made his debut with, with another forearm strain. So I think, yeah, injury, injury risk definitely played a role in that. I, I think if I remember watching those two innings he did throw, um, not, you know, whether he was injured or not, he looked pretty good. If I remember, I think his curveball was working pretty well. And, and part of what helped him kind of rise through the ranks is an uptick in velocity back in, in 2018. So, I think a lot of people now have him projected more as like a middle relief kind of swingman role, like Trevor said, but um, I also think if he's healthy this year he could he could impact the big league club as as some starting pitching depth that hopefully they don't have to get too deep into but again it's it's good to have those guys uh, ready and, and and that aren't super young that have experience kind of in the, in the upper levels of the minor leagues
1: yeah it's funny to look back and think that obviously Lambert got hurt pretty quickly, but before Cody Hoyer became such a great story. And Matt Foster, I mean, Lambert really had made the impact, I think, that opened eyes first at the major league level. And it's easy to forget because he was sort of in and out uh, so quickly. Uh, okay, Luke, uh, your turn to draft. Let's see. Who else do I like?
0: Well, um, I know we've talked about him before, but I, I think uh, Zach Birdie is, is an interesting name to talk about. I know he's he's given up some runs this spring um, notably I think he gave up an absolute bomb to, to Corey Seager the other day but um, I think he is a guy it's such a weird story how he came he was, he was a first-round draft pick and you know right when he's picked everyone tapped him as the future closer of the White Sox and um, within like a year I think people thought oh he'll be the closer by like 2017 and then he had injuries, inconsistent play, his velocity, uh, kind of bounced back and forth after his injury. You know, he was, he was shut down, and he had to work his way back through. And then last year, he got called up, and and I remember thinking, well, you know, Zach Birdie, let's see what he can do. And he was sitting upper nineties with a with good command of a of a slider, and um, he gave up some runs, but I think the stuff there kind of excites you um, with that potential. I know the Sox recently have had really a good success with developing these kind of relief pitchers, so I think Birdie's in the interesting state right now where he doesn't have to be you know he doesn't have to be the closer he doesn't have to be a top five guy in this white Sox bullpen he can just be a guy maybe one of the first guys that they would call up from triple a should there be an injury and I think you know anytime you can sit a fastball 98 to 100 miles an hour um, with with a feel for two other pitches I think it 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 leaves you with some upside so I still think he can be a a really solid uh, relief prospect
1: Okay, Trevor, Luke, uh, he wildcarded you. He went off the board, but I think he played right into your hands because I believe you're still a pretty big Zach Birdie guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, I definitely like Birdie. Uh, I remember last year, towards the end of the year, uh, Luke was talking about some spin, some pitch metrics, and Birdie had some outstanding metrics for White Sox relievers uh, in comparison to the rest of them. I think he was top of the board with his slider there. Um, But... Obviously, like Luke said, he's gotten hit around a little bit this spring, which you don't like to see. His command has been a bit shaky, um, and that was kind of the big thing last year that was keeping him from having sustained success was that command of the fastball. Wasn't necessarily there. Uh, I had the chance to interview him for uh, Southside Sox last spring. Um, which was a pretty cool insight into kind of his rehab process and some of the changes that he made to try and stay healthy and get that velocity back. Um, And yeah, I I definitely think he can be an impact arm. He was actually going to be one of the people in the later segment that I brought up that may have not necessarily played his way off of the major league roster, because I don't think he was going to start there anyway, but just, it does look like the command issues are still there, which it's very, very early. So you can take that with a grain of salt.
1: That's a, that's a really nice return serve on the hook too, because you managed to pull out of nowhere, the personal touch there. If you hadn't had that interview, it seems like a million years ago, if you're going to have had that interview, Hey, later in the year, whenever it was August, when you finally got called up, maybe he's not a major leaguer. In yeah. 2020. That
2: interview was the turning point for sure. Come
1: on. All right. Uh, your draw, Mr. Trevor.
2: All right. Um, I'll go with Gavin Sheets. I think I had him 16th. Luke had him 27th. His uh, spring has not been super productive, but the reports coming out that he is trying to develop as a corner outfielder, as well as just a first baseman. Uh, That gives him a little bit of flexibility and improves his value. He's always been a guy coming out of college. It was interesting because he was one of the top power bats in the draft. And when he got to the minor leagues, he didn't really show much of that power. That was kind of his calling card, but in return, he made contact at a high rate and would hit for a high average. So you do like to see that. And he missed all of last year. Wasn't, um, invited to the alternate site, which kind of motivated him to look into maybe trying to improve at a different position. The White Sox do have quite a few first base slash DH types. He's a left-handed bat, which they need. Um, I don't necessarily know how much impact he will have with the current White Sox team, Um, but I think that for the reasons that I mentioned with the hit tool and the power potential, he can be a guy that, you know, is a middle teens prospect in the system.
1: I've heard uh, right field is open and available to any of these <laughs> minor leaguers who want to try and take it. So anyone wants to him. step
2: up and take that, that would be outstanding.
1: And I think it's important that Rick Khan has acknowledged uh, right off that he was impressed by the fact that he's become at least uh, apparently uh, a functional outfielder enough to sort of be thrown into at mix. If that's the way he's got to bang his way. Uh, into the majors, then 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 go for it. Uh, and also interesting to note, I don't have the exact year. I want to say maybe it would be 32 years ago. Larry Sheets, his father, played in Charlotte, and I believe he is ticketed for Charlotte if they ever get Charlotte underway this year. So that's going to be interesting. Sheets, E. Sheets. Okay, this won't be the first time I ever ask you to do this, Luke, but I'm on Team Trevor with Gavin. I believe I hit him number 10 on my list. Uh, so, uh, Luke, again, won't be the first time I ever ask you to do this, but tell me why I'm an idiot.
0: Well, I don't think you're an idiot, Brett. But I am not as high on Sheets um, as you guys are. Look, I mean, he's his past two years. He's he's at a WRC plus. Uh, twenty eighteen, he was in high A of one twenty three, so he's twenty three percent above average. It was a double A in twenty nineteen, um, and he's twenty two percent above average. So it, it looks good, but I think. Um, there's concerns with, I know with his, uh, with his swing plane, that that he's not getting the kind of loft you'd like to see, um, from a, from a power hitter and that he's, he, he can hit for power, but it's only in very specific parts of the zone. So I think, um, I think his, his outlook at, at the major league level would be, um, a little bit tough just because maybe you have a, you know, you don't want to have a first baseman that's, you know, hitting 270 with like seven to 10 home runs, um, So I think with sheets, it's kind of like, just, you know, show me more, show me you can make those adjustments to get, get to more of your power. You obviously have shown raw raw power at, at Wake Forest and then in batting practice that people see, but um, you know, let's uh, you know, he showed a little bit more in double A in 2019, but let's maybe go to triple A and show that you can be a a power hitter and not sacrifice too much of that um, contact rate that he's been pretty successful with. So, um, again, just kind of a, a first baseman that, that maybe can play the, the corner outfield. Um, you know, 24, going to be 25 years old. I just think his outlook's a little bit limited and, you know, I think he could still crack the, the, the lineup or, or, um, maybe compete for the, for the DH job here out of spring training, even though he hasn't done that well so far. But again, I tended to like more of the younger, higher upside uh, type players higher in the rankings.
1: All right, we're having an entertaining prospects discussion. It's probably about midway through the podcast. We're going to take a break. For those of you watching, just take a quick little snooze. Those of you listening, you're going to hear a couple announcements. And Gavin Sheets, now that you're watching, please use that last bit of information from Luke as motivation to make sure you hit 30 out in the very, very hitter-friendly environs of Charlotte this summer. I'm sure Luke is all behind that as well. We will be back in just a minute. Hey there, White Sox fans. We are back with Dugout Metrics. Number three, we're having so much fun drafting prospects and talking about them. I think probably the spring training discussion is going to have to be uh, pushed to Dugout Metrics 4, which will put pressure on these two guys who have been a little idle in getting uh, routine programming up because we're not going to be able to talk about spring training if we uh, talk again, let's say, in May. So maybe we'll have a real quick one-two punch going with Dugout Metrics. Uh, I believe Luke... You are up in our prospect draft. Who are we going to talk about next?
0: Um, Let's talk about somebody that Trevor, I don't know if he had listed, but um, Hunter Schreiber. Um, I think this guy is interesting. Um, I remember when they traded for him, I was like, Ooh, the Sox got a reliever from Tampa um, that they were trying to clear some space from. And um, I think it was for international uh, bonus pool money. So I'm like, uh, ooh, this guy was a, was a senior sign out of college. He was, he was older. He was looking pretty close. Um, and this was before we had, you know, the Hoyers, the Fosters, the Evan Marshall. So I thought, Oh, this could be a guy that, you know, through this rebuild could be a decent relief option. Um, since then um, it looks like um, he wasn't invited to major league camp. So that tells me he's probably injured. If you're, you um, He's injured, or something happened to his stuff. Because I guess if you're a, you know, a 25 year old relief pitcher and you're not at major league camp, you know, something's going on there. But um, even back in in 2019, he really tore up Double A. Um, you know, not not quite the strikeout numbers you'd like to see, but he had a 2.77 ERA, a 3.28 fit. Um, and then he got hit around in a pretty small sample in Triple A back in 19. But um, again, it looks like now he might be dealing with some kind of injury, but. Um, I also read a little write up on Fran Graf's about him that he has a super unique release point um, that's really high that creates a really um, steep and can be tough angle um, on hitters. So he's kind of a, a quirky left handed pitcher. Um, but I think, um, you know, if he, if he gets back to plan whenever that may be, I think he could be uh, another uh, interesting uh, release pitching option that the Sox again have shown that they can develop.
1: Okay, Trevor, probably a case of you just not having as long a list as Luke submitted, but uh, thoughts on Hunter Shriver and uh, perhaps uh, explanation for why he might not be in our major league camp.
2: Yeah, I am not sure why he's not in major league camp, but as you mentioned, my list went to 30, (laughs) uh, and Luke's was a little bit longer. He may have shown up uh, if my list went to 40 or something like that. Uh, but I'm not super, super well-versed in Hunter Shriver, so I'm not going to necessarily have much to say to debate Luke on this one. Uh, but sounds promising, and hopefully he is healthy, and hopefully he has a big 2021 and wherever he ends up in the minor leagues.
1: The prospect time has flown by. We're probably on our last couple, and the uh, the draft pick is to you, Mr. Trevor.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm going to take Lenyon Sosa. Um, let's see what we got here. 6 difference of 6. I had him at 22, Luke had him at 28. Um, he's a shortstop, maybe more of a second baseman in the big leagues, but he's another guy that I mentioned that has that hit tool, uh good bat to ball skills, good contact skills, very young for every age that he's played at. Um, and he has shown a 6% lower strikeout rate than the league average um, as he was moving through the minor leagues. Uh, top five, I believe, in his single A league in doubles. Um, so he needs to get a little bit stronger and add a little bit of loft to get to that home run power. But I think that he this kid can really hit. Um, and that's kind of the calling card for his tools. And, you know, that is – most likely the most important tool that you can have is the ability to hit. So he's a guy that has an advanced bat for a guy that's 20, 21 years old. Um, And yeah, that's that's kind of my reasoning for where I had him. I don't think it was super high in comparison to a lot of the prospect rankings, Um, but he's someone I'm interested to watch throughout this season. He may play shortstop, but I don't know necessarily if he can stick there.
1: Maybe I'm just speaking as such an extreme lefty. I always just call him Lenin. Sosa. I don't know if that's correct or not. But uh, yeah, 20, I have no idea either.
2: That may
1: 20, be. 28th. Uh, Luke isn't exactly <laughs> a low ranking either. And this and Sosa has been a guy who's been on everybody's radar. I think pretty much since he joined the organization. So, uh, quick thoughts on him?
0: Yeah, I think um, he's a guy that um, fangrass notes has really good barrel control. Um, he he's 21 it looks like he may be tabbed uh for either high A or double a um and he'll be rule five eligible uh, next off season, I believe so um you know he, he's a guy who hasn't really um shown a whole lot yet but I think he's he's pretty projectable I think the uh some evaluators think he can grow into his body a little bit more maybe hit for some more power but anytime you have a guy who's I've um, got a knack for finding a barrel. Something you ca- can't really teach. It, it, it's a good sign, but it's um, kind of another case of uh, you know, show me more, and uh, you know, we'll kind of see how he how he does as he's challenged uh, to move up the ranks.
1: I know everybody really listening and watching is waiting for this to know who I ultimately side with, Trevor or Luke here. But listen, <laughs> pressure's on. It's Luke's pick, the final pick, and I'm sort of Team Trevor three team Luke three. So this could really make or break it, Luke.
2: Wow. (laughs)
0: Wow. Okay. Um, Let's see. Discrepancies. How about James Beard? Um, So I had him a lot higher. I think it's just following the theme of upside. Um, I just think this guy's super exciting. I think some people have called him like the fastest guy in the minor leagues. Um, So, you know, we'll have to see if he's more of a, a track star or an actual baseball player, but um it seemed like the Sox took a, a pretty uh pretty decent shot at this guy. Um, you know, he's he's a guy who they're gonna have to take, you know, a number of years to develop. But when you give a guy those kind of physical tools and and maybe try to, to teach him how to be a professional hitter, um, you know, it could work out. They have him in ETA right now of twenty twenty-four. So um again we'll have to wait a little bit for him, but um I think I think he's just exciting. I mean he's he's got uh Maybe NFL running back type of speed, so uh, we'll have to see if they can kind of develop him from the ground up. And and again, it kind of sticks with my my high upside themed uh, uh, list.
1: Yeah, as much as I love him rocking the break, he's got the he's got the he's got the NFL running back hair as well. As, as much as I love the look, I think in my case I had him I had him much lower. Uh, but I think it's just sometimes because there's a lot of other guys that you you feel you know better and you have a little better feel for so they just make it ahead it's not like i or trevor are like down on beard that's for sure but uh, again number uh 25 that's not exactly a low ranking trevor but uh your thoughts on james as well
2: i think i had so i think i had him at 31 um based on what what you had sent out that could be wrong too but um he flies as luke mentioned he absolutely flies there's no denying that he is one of those guys, like Luke said, with the last one that we were talking about, Sosa going to need to show me more before I really move him up. He hasn't really shown any other tool besides his speed. He's 20 years old, so he's really not that young. He's not an international prospect, so he was drafted out of high school. But he's he's not that young to be a guy that hasn't shown anything other than straight-line speed. Um and he's right-handed. He's a right-handed hitter. So for a Billy Hamilton type, you, you would always prefer that type of guy to be left-handed uh, to get down the line as fast as possible. That might give him a tenth of a second down the line uh, extra. So maybe that 80-grade speed plays as a 70 down the line. Um, but, yeah, he, he's a guy that could fly up if he shows anything this year um, with the bat with power, anything like that. Give me something, James.
1: Man, Luke, Trevor just nailed you with your own weapon. Youth. (laughs) I (laughs) like that. He went for the kill. They
0: they spent, I mean, look, in 2019, they spent a fourth round pick on him. So you'd hope they think there's something there that they can develop him as a hitter. But yeah, I mean, I just looked, he had an almost 40% strikeout rate in his professional debut. I know a lot of people don't put a lot of stock in that first kind of stint as you're called up. But, um, but yeah, it, it should be, it should be interesting.
1: This was a wonderful battle. And of course it went on longer <laughs> than I even thought it would. And so again, as I maybe uh, tease there around the break, uh, we might have to have a, like a one-two punch, uh, a real quick comeback with dugout metrics for, because we're not really going to have time to get to talk spring training and maybe who is impressed and maybe who's disappointed in both these guys' eyes. And again, taking, I mean, you heard it when we were talking prospects here, taking sort of that metric angle to things which is why we are hence the name but uh this one's been a lot of fun uh, we are pretty much everybody we just talked about is still to come in terms of the prospect rankings and the essays that we're running we're around just about around number 50 now and so by the end of the month we are going to be through up to number one our number one south side socks prospect so use we're, use this podcast i guess is the kickoff to that and um thanks guys thanks for for offering your, your thoughts and helping form what is the Southside Sox uh, Top 100.
2: Yeah. Thank no you, Brett. Go Cohawks. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. And thanks even for watching. And we'll be back with another, another dugout metric sometime before late May.